Peace and Black Power family, this is your host Raheem Shabazz and I am here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast and I am here with my lovely co-host Marcy Lee. What's going on Marcy? What's going on Raheem? Man, this week was monumental. With everything that we are going through in 2020 with COVID-19 and man, this has been a hell of a year. It's been rough. Everybody will agree to that. Yeah. And when I look back on 2020, the highlight of my moment is going to be the Foundation Black American Conference. Shout out to Tariq Nasheed for putting that on and pulling that off. There was a lot that went into doing that because of COVID. It was social distancing. Um, a great lineup of speakers. I was fortunate enough to uh, speak. I spoke on the school to prison pipeline. I spoke about what it means to be a foundation black American. And how we have to separate ourselves as a distinctive class of individuals because everybody that's black didn't go through the peculiar institute of slavery. They didn't go through reconstruction. They didn't go through Jim Crow. They didn't go through the civil rights era. And a lot of them damn sure ain't going through the struggle of fighting racism and white supremacy with us today. We do love our African brothers and our Caribbean brothers, but we have a unique experience unlike anybody else. And we don't subscribe to people of color or any of those other terms and terminologies. But enough about me. What was the highlight of your moment at the conference? Uh, definitely listening to your interview with Jade. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the sister that hosted. A uh, very good sister. She interviewed me on stage live. Right. It was nice to see um, Judge Joe Brown. It was nice to see all of the presenters, actually, uh, or the speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Voice Watkins. Uh, we had Reza Islam. Uh, just a host, Professor James Small. Uh, it was a wonderful event. And like you said, uh, there was a lot of social distancing. They they planned this like almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was people had their mask on. Good energy, good vibes. People were, they seemed to be. Um, happy to see one another, happy to be there to build, to listen, to learn. And um, once again, thanks to Tyreek for putting this whole thing together because it, it was a success, it seems like. Another highlight moment was Judge Brown. Judge Brown, he spoke about manhood. And he spoke about, not just about manhood, but the willingness to die like a man. And I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with Joe Brown outside of his TV appearance on the long, the longest running uh, court TV show. But if you happen to catch him on YouTube or listen to him on Blog Talk Radio or anywhere on the Internet, the brother be going in. And he went in last night. 
Yeah, he went in. He didn't hold back. Nah, he didn't hold back. If you all are lucky enough to uh, get a clip or some footage or anything of what he talked about yesterday, you won't be disappointed. I'll tell you what I'm going to do for um the listeners. I am going to insert a clip in here, right? But the clip will not be on the video proportion that you guys will be viewing on YouTube, it will be an audio version where you can listen to us on iTunes, on Google Play, and on Spotify. And I know a lot of y'all are starting to subscribe to our YouTube channel that we just started. Make sure you smash that like button and continue to um, subscribe to us. But you're going to have to go to the YouTube because I'm going to post a clip of Judge Joe Brown, I'll post a small clip of Kaba Kenmi, another dynamic speaker, and our my grandmaster teacher, uh, Professor James Small. And Professor James Small talked about African resistance, and he talked about the struggle and the resistance that we fought that is seldom mentioned in the history books. Some I didn't know about, some I didn't know about, but... I'm going to let all y'all uh, get a sneak peek of that. I don't know if they're going to, um, because I did see some filming, and I think Tyreek said that there may be um, some video. They may put out a video of the conference. So y'all may not be out of luck all the way. What else do you enjoy? Uh, the vendors. There oh, yeah, were a, a lot, lot of, of unique vendors. So we saw a young man who was an artist. Uh, Exceptional brother. Yeah, very nice artwork. We saw people who had their own businesses, uh, even the uh, African American equivalent to um, what's the food? The food drop off people. (laughs) Oh, you had uh, the brothers, um, it's called Black and Mobile, and they are the black, you know, I don't even want to say Uber Eats. But they do deliver, and they're in several different cities. They are now in Atlanta. Um, I seen them on CNN. Black Enterprise covered them, and it, it, it's real nice to see when you read about something and you see it in mainstream media, and then you actually see the individuals out. Mm-hmm. So shout out to them brothers. They was there. Um, also, you had uh, Eric Majette. Uh, who is a historian and has a lot of artifacts, millions of dollars of our history, this brother went and bought. And he was there as well. And he was, you know, showing off some of his artifacts, some of his T-shirts. I know you said you liked the one of the T-shirts. Which one was that? Yeah, I love the one with Angela Davis. Uh, I meant to circle back around to pick that up. He had this, uh, it was dope. It was uh, Angela uh, on the front with her uh, mugshot and some, you know, inspiring words. So it was it was a nice piece. Yeah, and the brother, he was on our podcast. Um, make sure you go to our archives. You can always view it. Um, and the brother's name is Eric Majette. I also see my brother T.J. Lawton out there. And that brother, he is out here teaching people about real estate, about gentrification, and he was out there. Um, who else did I see? I seen a lot of people. I ran into Sarnetta from Sarnetta TV. I ran into Unk. Um, I ran into um, 
uh, Rick Mathis from Black Friday. Um, I was just yeah. running into a yeah, lot of to Jefferson too. Yeah, I ran into uh, Jefferson from Athletic. Uh, just a lot of individuals, man. That that Overall, was out just there. Overall, just real cool event. Just, just yeah, super cool. real, real cool. And one of the things, family, that this event did that separated from a lot of events that I attended is that there was no arguments, there was no debate, no one was, there was no egos. Everybody left their egos home, and everybody didn't necessarily agree. And when they didn't agree, they said, I, I respectfully disagree. And they gave their opinion and their uh, point of view. And it just goes to show you, family, what I always tell you, we don't have to be uniform in our belief to be unified in the struggle. And everybody there knew that unifying amongst one another was the ultimate solution. <laughs> I think that the the one thing that if you had to single out something that was a disagreement um, topic, it would be the topic of voting. Uh, so you had some people who were saying that they were not going to vote and then others who said you absolutely need to vote. And uh, one of the people like we had discussed before was Tyree Nasheed and he was, you know, had his positioning on, um, you know, how he feels about voting if you're not offering um, some type of tangible is not going to motivate him to go out and vote. And that's how he feels. That's how, I mean, I feel the same way. Although I am feeling like Trump needs to get on out. <laughs> like, you know, I feel like that might be motivation, but I feel like we do need to hold out and really hold their feet to the fire and stand behind this narrative that, that Ice Cube has been pushing and others like Tyree that y'all got to give us something. No, we're not playing that game no more. You got to bring something to us if you want our vote. And that's just how it's going to be. And, you know, this is a crucial time more than any time because of the judge that just passed away, the Supreme Court justice. Now, they're saying that Mitch McConnell said that as early as next week, he is going to send um, whatever he got to do to the Senate to get a confirmation for the next Supreme Court justice. And as you, as many of y'all know, that's a big issue because no time in history ever has a Supreme Court justice been appointed in the midst of an election. They always wait to afterwards. Um, and when Obama was in office, that was their main thing. Oh, you can't do it. Yeah. You got to wait till after the election. But now, they're trying to change the narrative as they always do. So, if, you know, most people already know that Trump is appointing a lot of right-wing uh, nationalists to these federal uh, judges and a lot of people that agree with his uh, opinions and, you know, they pro-Trump to the Supreme Court. So if he happens to install one of them or appoint one of them before the election, the worst thing he could have did is already done. So whether you voting him out of office or not, the harm is already done. 
And I think that individuals that do hold the vote and don't vote for Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, that the next time, within four years, which is a very short time, family, the Democrats is definitely going to come with them tangibles. Well, Especially think- if they have the House and if they have the Senate and then they, you know, take the uh, presidency. Well, yeah, I think it is truly important in regards to the death of Ruth um, Ginsburg. I think that's the yeah. They call her R- RBG. I don't understand what that. The so, only RBG I know is red, black, and green. Okay, right. No, so with her death, I'm hoping some kind of way they can de- delay uh, the selection of the next justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if they can delay that until after you know, the vote for uh, the new president, that would be ideal. Because as we all know, when you have a court and they lean a certain way, conservative, um, it can really change a lot of the dynamics um, when you think about law. Like when you think about abortion, when you think of, you know, just it's so many things. Mm -hmm. Um, So hopefully some kind of way it can be delayed. Um, so that's the only thing that we can kind of rely on at this at, at this point. And, and you know what they're saying, right? What? They said they're going to get a young 30-year-old neo-Nazi racist white supremacist that could be on that uh, courtship and be a Supreme Court justice for the next 60 years. Right, because that's a life appointment, you know. So. 60 years. I, You know, those that are 60 and 50 and maybe even 40. You ain't got 60 more years to live. Right. It makes I don't sense. think I got 60 more years to live. It makes sense to do that, to find someone that's young, but at the same time... No, he wants someone young that that, that holds on to those values and beliefs. Oh, what did you think I so, said? So, I, didn't, I didn't say anything against Oh, that's that. what you were saying? I'm sorry. No, yeah, I said it makes sense for him to get someone who is young. I mean, that would be his best positioning um, but the, the thing is, when you get someone who's conservative, the House still has to vote on that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it has to be approved. And that's why Obama had such a hard time. It's because the Republicans refused to approve his appointment. Um, so in this case, he has to find someone that I think that can get approved, you know, through the House and the Senate. And then, you know, if he's lucky enough to find someone that young, then, hey, that's smart. That's what you should do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we want to get back to the topic of Foundation Black American Conference, because although that was discussed, that wasn't the main thing that was discussed, because we are talking about controlling the resources in our community, how to take control of political power and I think the brother Copper Kenny, he laid out the blueprint for that. There was also a sister there that um, she has a book. I think it was, what was it called Quarantine Kitchen or something. Yeah, Charm, Doctor Charm. Yeah, Doctor Charm, very dynamic sister. She had, she has a book. Um, so there definitely was some feminine energy in the building. And I'm gonna put her on blast right now. She's a really good singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we were backstage, she was singing. Yeah. Did she go out there and sing? No, I don't think so. I think she, she, that's why I said I'm putting her on blast, because I think she kind of keep that, you know, 
I thought she was doing that like to warm up to go out there. And I didn't sing. get her out there singing, but when we met, when we were backstage, yeah, she did, was singing. Yeah, and I'm I, like, I, I wow. Did, I did hear her sing. Yeah. So this, yeah, this was a, a, a hell of a conference. I, I'm almost certain that it will be done annually. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know the thing, Atlanta was chosen this time. I think next time maybe New York, maybe LA. Like it should be something where it's done in every time in different cities. Because like I said earlier, I haven't been to a, a conference or or event where it was just so much positivity on on this type of level. I've been to a few of them, but they so far and in between. Because like I said, you know, everybody didn't agree, but there was no arguing, there was no debating. And you know, the first duty of love is to listen. <laughs> and the people was definitely listening, they was tuned in. Um, even after the event, I was like, man, where we going? <laughs> you know, we went, um, Judge Brown, Judge Joe Brown, and Professor Small, we got an opportunity to hang out with them and right. break bread with them. Oh my goodness, people kept coming up to Judge Joe Brown like, can I get a picture? Yeah, like, it was crazy. It was all over him, but yeah, yeah, it was nice. But those moments, right, is the time that I enjoy most. And, and I had opportunities where it was just me and, and, and Professor James Small and I'm just asking him questions and he's just imparting the knowledge and the wisdom, you know, so to have him and Joe Brown, Judge Joe Brown there, it was just like, okay, this is monumental. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And um, got anything else you want to say? No, I just want to say thank you, Tyree Nashi, for being such a wonderful host. Uh, it was a very nice event, and Ola as well. Oh, yeah, shout out to Ola, man. Ola went beyond the call of duty to make sure all the speakers and all the guests was comfortable. And um, he, and was, he was really, you know, he was really working. You yeah, know? he was. And I want to say uh, shout out to Dr. Uh, Boyce Watkins, yeah. his, his his wife, oh, yeah, his Alicia. Wife. She was there, very pleasant, nice, nice, supportive um, partner there for Dr. Boyce. Uh, it was just cool, 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 cool. So next year it's on. It's so now y'all know what it's about. Foundational Black Americans. So, you know, look out for it. And let me just tell you know, some of y'all, some of the... Uh, speakers that was there. You had Tariq Nasheed. He spoke on the importance and understanding of FBA lineage. Uh, you had Dr. Kaba Kennedy. His topic was unique history of foundational black Americans. You had the economist, Dr. Boyce Watkins. He talked about the importance of black ownership. You have author, lecturer, and comedic scholar, Jabari Ogazi, I hope I'm saying your last name right, brother. And he talked about the importance of reparation. And then you had the educator, Professor James Small. He talked about the spirit of resistance in Black Americans. Uh, you had author activist, Riza Islam. He talked about vaccination and the truth about COVID-19. Judge Brown. I keep saying Judge Brown. Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> 
He spoke about the topic of countering the attack on black, countering the attack on manhood in black society. Then you also had me, I was talking about the school to prison pipeline. You also had the brother, can't forget the other brother, uh, Divine Prospect, my brother Divine Prospect, shout out to him, he's an activist and lecturer. He talked about what's the next step after protests. You had Jay Allendale, she interviewed several of us. She's a, uh, how do you say that? She's an activist, and I know that she's, uh, she also has a podcast. Can you talk about her? No, I am. Naturopathic? Naturopathic Medicine. She interviewed Dr. Charles Timms. That's who's the uh, naturopathic. And her topic was maintaining health during the quarantine. And the co-host was Jade Arden Gale. So that was pretty much it. And let me read y'all the mission statement real quick for those that want to know more about the Foundational Black American Conference. It was the first event of its kind to focus on the culture, history, achievement, and goals of Foundational Black Americans specifically. Let me say that again. Specifically. Foundational Black Americans are descendants of Black people who survived one of the greatest atrocities in recorded history, American slavery. FBA are descendants of the Black people who built the United States from scratch. I'm not even going to read no more. because That's all you need to know. After that, you should know what Foundation Black Americans stand for. We are the foundation of this country. We built this country. We are not leaving. We are going to get justice. We're going to get freedom, justice, and equality. And many of us are willing to die for it. So in closing, Marcy Lee, you get the last words. Well, my last words are... Thank you, family, for listening in to the Necessary Blackness podcast. And we will see you back here for the next episode. All I'm right. Lee. And don't forget to hit me up on Forever Marcy Lee on my IG. IG, make sure y'all do that. Make sure y'all follow the Necessary Blackness podcast, YouTube channel. Usually we just do the audio. Y'all wanted the video. Y'all wanted the YouTube channel. I started that. Make sure y'all go out and support Peace and Black Power. We see y'all next week. We out. Peace.